WNYC Studios is supported by Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, it's Latif from Radiolab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radiolab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to NYC Now, your source for local news in and around New York City. From WNYC, I'm Janae Pierre. New York's Attorney General says she's ready to take action against Donald Trump if he fails to pay the fines against him. Last week, a judge ordered Trump to pay $354 million following a civil fraud trial over his business practices. Attorney General Letitia James says she's willing to seize Trump's buildings and assets in New York if he's unable to pay off the penalties. If he does not have funds uh, to pay off the judgment, uh, then we will seek, uh, you know, judgment enforcement mechanisms in court, and we will ask the judge to seize his assets. Former President Trump also owes $100 million more in additional interest. Trump and his associates were accused of defrauding moneylenders by inflating his net worth. He's called the case a sham and has vowed to appeal. New Jersey First Lady Tammy Murphy made a Senate campaign stop in Newark this week, where she announced her opposition to a gas-powered energy plant. It's the first time she has publicly opposed her husband. WNYC's Nancy Solomon has the details. In her bid New York for the City U.S. Is setting a Tammy record Murphy stood alongside environmentalists and community activists to call for an end to a proposed fourth power plant in Newark's Ironbound neighborhood. But she didn't mention that the governor supports it. After her prepared remarks, she faced off against a perplexed gaggle of reporters. I'm not here to stand up and speak for the administration. That's not my role here today. And if that's the essence of your questions, with all due respect, that's the end of the conversation. The proposed plant would burn natural gas to generate backup electricity to run a sewage plant that flooded during Superstorm Sandy. New York City is building a record number of subsidized housing units for low- and middle-income renters, a strategy Mayor Eric Adams has often touted. But an analysis out of the WNYC newsroom shows a large percentage of those units don't easily accommodate families. More on that after the break. When you see actor Danielle Brooks on the red carpet at the Oscars, she will be in full glamour and in grief. I've been with Sophia for so long, and I just know, like, after the Oscars, that chapter is really done, and that saddens me. I'm Kai Wright, a star of The Color Purple, honors the role that shaped her career. Next time on Notes from America. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Affordable housing is hard to find in New York City, even though the local government is subsidizing more of it than ever before. But a WNYC analysis finds that close to 70% of those new affordable apartments are studios or one-bedrooms. 
That makes them too tight for the millions of New Yorkers with families who need the additional space. For more, my colleague Michael Hill talked with WNYC's David Brand and Jacqueline Jeffrey Walensky. How does the system for building this affordable housing, how does that work? Well, we hear that term affordable housing a lot, but there's actually definitions. So housing is considered affordable when the family or the individual living there is spending no more than 30 percent of their income on rent and utilities. But housing is expensive to build. And so developers and landlords aren't in the business of keeping rents low. You know, that's where the city's Department of Housing Preservation and Development, or HPD, comes in. They oversee the city's affordable housing program, and they give subsidies, low-interest financing, and other breaks to developers in exchange for keeping rents capped in those apartments at a percentage of tenant income. So, for example, someone earning $50,000 a year, that's $4,200 a month, their rent would be capped at around $1,250 to meet that 30% threshold. People apply for those apartments through a lottery here in New York City, But demand is massive, and HPD says there are nearly 900,000 current applicants. Jacqueline, we always hear a lot of talk from politicians about affordability for families. What exactly have you found about the kinds of apartments being built under the affordable housing program? Well, you're absolutely right about hearing a lot of talk. You know, if we look back to this housing plan that New York City Mayor Eric Adams launched back when he took office, he mentioned families a lot. He specifically said that the city is, quote, hemorrhaging black and brown families in particular because of the affordability crisis. So just to have a clean demarcation, we decided to look at data on the city's affordable housing program from the beginning of the Adams administration. Obviously, a lot of those projects were in the pipeline before he took office, but it does give us a nice bird's eye view of progress on affordable housing built or financed since 2022. And looking at the data, we found not just a lot of studios and one bedrooms, which aren't great for families, but also that the proportion of those small apartments really varied drastically from neighborhood to neighborhood. For example, Mm -hmm. there were huge tracts of Manhattan, like The Village, Chelsea, Hell's Kitchen, Upper East Side, where like nine out of 10 new units were for singles or couples, which of course makes sense based on census data. Like we know that households tend to be smaller in those neighborhoods. But even in more residential neighborhoods, we saw proportions of studios and one bedrooms that just didn't seem to match the demographics of the neighborhood. For example, in Southern Queens, the average household runs between three and four people, but still like 96% of new units are studios and one bedrooms. It's not like we don't need these small apartments. There's desperate need for more affordable housing across the board. It's just that it's especially tight for families. There are tens of thousands chasing a small number of affordable two- and three-bedroom apartments. David, you talk with several families living in tight quarters, eager to get one of those what sounds like very few affordable housing units that are two- or three-bedrooms. I'm curious, what have you learned? What did they tell you? Well, I visited Larry Lopez at his apartment in Bedstein. He's a translator living with his wife and one-year-old. They have a two-bedroom apartment, but their landlord told them they have to get out by August. Lopez told me he's really struggling to find another two-bed at a price they can afford. He says they've applied for dozens of affordable housing lotteries, but he feels like it's a long shot because there just aren't enough of these family-sized units at a price they can afford. He says it seems like the housing market is only working for wealthy people. There's so many people that do all these like smaller jobs, you know, that don't make $100,000 a year. He grew up in Brooklyn. He says it's a lot harder to find a place for his family. Jacqueline, what have city officials had to say about your findings? 
HPD says it's just meeting demand. It points to numbers showing that 80% of affordable housing registrants are single and two-person households. Though some experts we talked to pointed out that it could also be families see how few two- and three-bedroom apartments there are, and they just don't think it's worth it to apply. I also talked to a number of city council members who said that the proportions of these different apartment sizes don't match the needs of each neighborhood. They felt like the city was prioritizing cramming more smaller apartments into one building over a diversity of apartments of different sizes. Just as an example, I talked to council member Althea Stevens in the Bronx, and 77% of the affordable units in her district are studios and one bedrooms. And she told me that just doesn't meet the needs of her constituents. She's got multi-generational families. She's got grandparents raising grandkids and all kinds of setups that just need a bit more elbow room to grow. And she said it's hard to even know where to start when it comes to changing that. That's one of the things that I'm always pushing for. Why are we not making more two and three bedrooms? But understanding, right, when I'm speaking to developers, they're like, well, this is what HPD wants then HPD is like, no, that's what the developer wants. So it's a lot of pointing fingers. But the reality is, I think both of them are playing a game, right? David, it's a tough housing market out there, as we know. And as you guys are reporting, what fixes are being proposed to create more housing for families? You're definitely right. The housing market is tough right now. The city just released its regular housing and vacancy survey earlier this month. They found that less than 1% of places priced below $2,400 were vacant and available to rent during the survey period. That means it's a housing emergency. So there are several proposals right now, most prominently, I guess, a new tax break for developers who build new housing with some units for low- and middle-income renters. There are proposed changes to the building and zoning regulations that would potentially allow for more family-sized housing, like we've been reporting on. And there's even a proposal for a new agency that would oversee publicly-owned mixed-income housing. It's called social housing. So, you know, we'll see what's, what happens with these proposals. But right now, the situation means there's a lot of competition for not a lot of apartments and rents are at record highs. And as we've reported, it could be especially hard for families with kids to find an affordable place to live. That's WNYC's David Brand and Jacqueline Jeffrey Walensky talking with my colleague, Michael Hill. Thanks for listening to NYC Now from WNYC. Catch us every weekday, three times a day. I'm Janae Pierre. We'll be back tomorrow.